Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning in today here on YouTube. You can always find us over at pathtozion.com and uh, you can send us an email anytime you want to at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. We thank you for those of you who do send us emails and, and tell us kind of where you are and uh, give us prayer requests and let us know your thoughts in any way, good, bad, and different about what we present here on the program. And I just want to say this as we get ready to do uh, the video for today. I'm so thankful for this studio. Um, for those of you who watch this program regularly and gave and give now in any measure at all to make this this room happen and all the stuff that's in it, I'm so thankful. I'm so blessed. As I mentioned in the audio episode that I recorded a few days ago, um, I was not in here. I was just in a handheld recorder using a handheld recorder in my truck. But I just I was I was saying how I'm excited about the upcoming winter season. Um, I can't stand winter, but now this will be my first winter where I have um, a dedicated space with the ability to do more programs. And uh, I've got innumerable studies that have been accomplished over the last six months specifically that I hope I have and make time to record. And so I'm really looking forward to the cold weather. Um, which will drive me indoors and therefore drive me in here, um, hopefully with more regularity. Now, I want to I talk about something today which was different than what I had originally intended. Um, about five, six days ago, um, I wrote several pages of, of something that will become a two-part series. Um, and my intention was to record that today. Um, I've had it done for a little while and um, just so you know, as far as looking to the future, what, what it's titled is His Name, Our Abode, Where the Righteous Ones Dwell. And we're going to talk about that. I may record it later today. I don't know. But for the immediate right now, as I was just reading this morning and just communing with the Father and just asking Him for ears to hear what He's saying, I was just reminded of, of a lot of circumstances that are around the periphery of my life and even in my own household and in my own heart towards our level of faith in the midst of trials, temptations, um, tribulations. Um, and what we're going to talk about for just a little bit uh, today is our response. And, and so what I titled today is Faith, Failing or Flourishing. Faith, Failing or Flourishing. And what I just want to talk about for a few moments is, 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 is to basically present to you what I'm trying to do in my own life, with which is a lot of examination about my condition uh, of my spiritual man, my posture of, of what I see, how I uh, assess what I see, and, and what I respond according to. Um, and what am I doing? Like in here, in, in the makeup of who I am today, is my faith, is it failing and wavering? Or is it flourishing and thriving and, and growing um, in the circumstances of life? And, and I will say this uh, just briefly to give a little bit of a, a foreword to why this is really front and center here in my house and in my heart. Is uh, a dear friend, a sister in the Lord, passed away a few days ago. And <sighs> days before her 55th birthday. And it was a very trying time. It is now. It's not like it's over now because the funeral was yesterday. It's, it's just right here. 
But but during that course of time, without going into details and everything, of course, but like I've only known her for a year. But there's something that the father did in, in that relationship with, with she and her husband in, in, in our house, my family specifically, was just really supernatural, and it continues to be. And all I wanted to do was to be where she was. Once she was in, moved into a room and to a, a, a hospital bed where, where we could visit her, all I wanted to do was be there. I'd come home after being there for hours, and I just want to go back. Why? <laughs> Number one, I don't really know for sure, but what I do know is that like my spirit was was in a place of like receiving the gift of faith towards her situation, which was not good. The prognosis was very quickly um, poor for her. Constant nurse reports, doctors reports to her poor husband, <laughs> who was a man of faith and in like unwavering faith flourishing faith, but constantly being bombarded by medical facts, which of course are true and run synonymous with our faith. We're not denying facts. No, that's not really what's happening. She's not really dying as some hyper-spirituality where we're trying to just have some mental appropriation of facts and denying factual evidence that's really going on. We're saying, no, that's true. I know. I see I have natural eyes, but I also I also have a, a spiritual man that is, is standing in faith and expectation and hope and, and presenting my petition before the Father to say, your will prevail. Yes and amen. Absolutely your will, your way. Your ways are not mine. We don't know. We don't understand. We have limited comprehension, and we can only see so far. But... Equally so, what else do we do but believe and have faith and present our requests to the Lord and ask and petition and stand and stand again and stand again in what? In flourishing faith. And man, I've seen that so evidenced in my brother, her her husband, my spiritual brother. I had to explain that to someone the other day. They said, man, sorry about your sister-in-law. I know. But I felt that flourishing faith in me that I had not felt before. To that magnitude. Up close and personal with a physical reality that was very grim. But it didn't matter. I I can see. I'm not ignorant. But I, I want to be a man of faith. And as we talked about a lot during that time frame of weeks... It's a gift. Faith is a gift. We know according to the scripture it is a it is a it is a a handed out offering presentation to us from the Father. It's it's not our own. It is something that is is gifted to us to empower us to believe, to be a people of hope, of expectation. Yeshua walked in this as a perfect demonstration of that reality as a God man. He looked at circumstances and he saw them differently. He, his appropriation of circumstances, as we always talk in the program, was different. And I, I'll need to move on to the, to the text today. But that, I just wanted to set the table about, like, I'm not, just, I'm not just speaking something to you and saying, well, this is what you need to do, friend. This is what the Bible says. I'm saying this is what I've been living this is what I'm doing, and isn't that what the Word of God should be, is not anyone turning on a microphone or, or a camera and telling any one of us what to do, 
but instead saying, this is what I'm trying to do here in my own life. And, and sometimes if you follow the program, you know I get on here and I say, I'm stinking at this. I'm really failing at this, but let's talk about it anyway and figure out how to do it. And in this case, this is what I'm doing. By example, sometimes we can be a right godly example and testimony of doing something right. (laughs) And that's refreshing now and then, isn't it? But what I want to talk about today is something that I feel like the Father highlighted to me um, as I was just looking into several scriptures as I just felt this stirring of talking about today, faith, whether it's flourishing or failing. And how do we know? What is faith? I mean, we're not going to have time to like biblically build a foundation of, of, of the correct understanding of faith, um, because that's just not where we're going to land today. We're going to kind of stay up here and really address our, our present moment actions and thought processes and um, what's really guiding our lives. Um, because, friends, this is an hour of, of, of trial and testing. I don't know if you know that yet. <laughs> if you don't, I don't know where you've been. This is an hour of testing. And, man, I'm just so, I could easily just shift gears over here and just really rail against the modern-day false prophets of the hour, which the Christian church calls the real prophets, which are speaking nothing like Old Testament prophets of old. At all, they sound nothing like them, and they they would tell you right now if you clicked over to them that you're above this Christian, you can't be affected by these things. It's not appointed for you, wrath. Well, we don't understand what wrath and trials and tribulation and how those are not the same. We're not talking about the same thing. So we had better know because, friend, there's going to be a great falling away because things are going to come to you, church, in your house, in your physical body that maybe you've been told you're just above because blood of Jesus. You're untouchable. You're invincible. Friend, that's not true. That's not true. Have we ever read the book of Job? Have we read Ecclesiastes? Have we read these biblical accounts that talks about all these things that we just won't get into? I'm getting sidetracked all over the place. There's a lot to say in this hour, friends. We had better know what's true. Man, the brother yesterday who just lost his wife was saying, look, we need to be careful that like anything in our lives that does not line up to the word of God's got to go. It's got to change. And now that's very simple, but it also assaults everything in our life. We've got to scrutinize ourselves, which scrutinize ourselves, which leads us right into what we're going to talk about right now. James chapter 1. Regard it all as joy. My brothers, when you face various kinds of temptations, for you know that the testing of your trust or faith produces perseverance. But let perseverance do its complete work so that you may be complete and whole, lacking in nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And so, just without even getting started, Why is verse 5 following these first couple of verses? If you lack wisdom, let him ask Yah. Let him ask. Well, why? Why would that be right here? This is not in Proverbs. 
It's, I would say, it's saying that because you don't have the wisdom. We don't possess the wisdom in and of ourselves to respond rightly to various kinds of temptations and rightly regard them all as joy. We don't know how to do that. In ourselves, we don't know how to do that. We have no idea. We see no examples around us in the world because the world does not know this peace. It's not as the world gives. It's sure not joy. Anything comes to us. We're even taught this in Christianity. Something bad comes to you. It's the devil. If you're sick, it's the devil. If you wreck your car, it's the devil after you. Everything's the devil. He gets as much adoration and worship, really, from the Christian church as as Yahweh himself, probably. In my experience now, this is my life of what I've heard. But that's not according to what the Scripture tells us. Everything is under the control of my Father. Everything. And anything that, that happens that we call bad, indifferent, hard, it's because His hand allowed it, or maybe even could we say brought it to me for my good, so that I can regard it all as um, all joy. So, so let's look at some words here. Uh, temptations, trials, that's in this verse in James chapter 1, is a testing of one's fidelity, integrity, virtue, and constancy. 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 The, the Christian church needs some constancy. She is a John boat in the middle of the ocean, tossed to and fro. When there's a good Republican president... Things are good. God bless America. Bad president. The whole world's evil. The whole world's corrupt now. Just suddenly turn the page of a leader in the rhetoric and the verbiage changes. You know it's true. It's true. We don't have constancy. We lose our integrity very easily. It's also explained as an adversity, an affliction, a trouble often sent by Yahweh, serving to test or prove one's character, faith, and holiness. That's the various kinds of temptations, these things here. Now, now, if you watch the program, especially as of late, you know that I love the pattern, the biblical pattern of first mention. I love it. I have become an addict of it. I find a word, I want to know where it was first. It's become a pattern for me. So we find in Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, the very first time we see the word joy in Greek used. The same one that's used here in James chapter 1. Regard it all as joy. First appears in Matthew 2, uh, 2.10. Now what's going on in 2.10? Yeshua Messiah is arriving on this earth as the God-man Emmanuel. So let's read it. After the Magi had learned... I'm sorry, let's start over. After the Magi had listened to the king, they went away. And the star which they had seen in the east went in front of them until it came, and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy, were overjoyed. Now that's the same word as James uses to regard it all as joy. James chapter 1. So with this in mind, I want to offer a parallel. Just for you to chew on and see if this is true. The Bible is, is immeasurable layers. So let's see if this is perhaps one. The first time we see the Greek word for joy is the promised arrival, arrival of Emmanuel. Yeshua Messiah has come to earth. 
the prophesied king had come. These men saw the star, they knew it, and they were filled with this joy. Hope had come to the earth. This was their response to their hope. Their prophesied hope had come, and they responded with joy. The Savior of all mankind had come onto the scene, and the promised rescue had begun in bodily form. (sighs) Yahweh God dwelling among us. Incredible, right? And it caused these men to be filled with the same joy that we are to have today, brothers, when we face various kinds of trials and temptations, adversities, afflictions, troubles. So I want to propose this, that the exact same mindset can be ours today. In our seemingly hopeless circumstances, the the condition of the earth, all of humanity, sin, depravity, the lethargic condition of the church at large, the pathetic disappointment that, that most religious systems are, the decline of humanity seems very hopeless right now from a natural perspective. Faith is failing in many people. Why did my holy, righteous mother get sick and die? Is God even good? Why did this happen? Is God still on the throne? There's no hope. That's why I'm making this connection and just presenting it as a possibility. The rescuer and deliverer was on the scene, and these men were filled with joy when Yah had come and become flesh and dwelt among us. So no matter what the circumstances, the parallel, I'll make it as clear as I know how. Whether we brand it as bad or hard, something unexplainable, whether or not we we brought it about on, by our own actions, whether it was sin or or just you know our, our lifestyle, our behavior, or if it was something that the Father himself brought to us deliberately by his own hand. For us to be tempted and tried and delivered us up into trial, our response can be the same. It's all joy. Why? <laughs> because my Messiah is here. My Yeshua salvation He's here in the midst of all this mess, in the midst of my earth condition. He's here. He is with me. Yahweh himself made a way to come and be with me. That's the two-part series that's coming, at least two parts that's coming, where his name is to be our abode. Yes, we're on the earth, but there is a greater dwelling for us. While we're here in the here and now, we're going to talk about that. He is sufficient. He has revealed himself to the world and is waiting for for any one of us, waiting for you to say he's sufficient, that all these circumstances be what it may. Righteous people passing away, getting a sickness, getting ill treatment, Getting things that are unfair, and if we're natural and if we're carnal, we're going to set up a heart of stone, and we're going to say, this isn't fair. 
God, how could you allow this to happen? Why? And friends, I just want to say that's okay to do if, in fact, you are doing communing with the Father and your gaze is set upon Him and it locks on and stays there. The problem is, though, many people do that as they turn their backs to Him and fold their arms down and the heart of stone begins to grow. And it's harder and harder and harder because we isolate ourselves from the brethren and from the Father. And friends, those are very much synonymous. Those are very much synonymous. If you yourself are prone to hide away, lock the door, draw the blinds, and get away from the body, friends, there's something you're hiding from. There's something you're hiding from. You may not have any idea that that's the case, but I have seen with my own eyes, I mentioned this in the audio uh, recording the other day, I've seen with my own eyes the differing fruit on the trees of those who, who willingly submit themselves to the body to bear one another's burdens. And those who hide out, lock away in isolation, in individuality. I have seen the differing perspectives. I've seen life and health in the midst of tragedy flourish as you hold somebody and hug them and cry with them and love them and speak the word of the Father to them and remind them, brother, this is true. This is true. I know how you feel. I know how I feel. I'm angry. I'm confused. I'm perplexed. Yes, but this is true. And friends, we need reminded of that. We need reminded of that. And I'm telling you right now, sometimes we need slapped up beside the face and say, Brother, think like the mind of Messiah. Think like your Messiah. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, this is a different brother I talked to just yesterday. The reality we have got to face if we are truly regenerated Christmen. We've got to be willing to openly admit in humility, you know what? I'm not responding right. I'm not doing well. I'm having a faith that is flourishing. It's moving about on shaky ground. That's okay if we confess to the brothers and we confess to our Father and we cry out for what? May it become joy in me at my trials, at my temptations, at my sufferings. And so that's the key. It's not, we get hung up a lot of times, I shouldn't feel this way. We have a feeling creep up that is flourishing faith. The, the enemy, I would say, comes in and, and discourages us, and we retreat. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't have... I shouldn't have failing faith is what I probably didn't say right. My, my faith is, is failing. It's not flourishing. There's something wrong with me. I retreat. I move away from the Father instead of closer to Him is my only hope. I move out in discouragement and even up, being upset with my own self and my own response. And therefore, I'm even further away from the Father because now I'm in disobedience. And now I feel guilt and shame. Next thing I know, I have a whole lot of ground to come back to the Father and return to Him and cry out in repentance and teshuvah and say, I just need you again. I need your face. Now, now that's absolutely all of us in many occasions through our lives. But I'm just trying to say, 
if if we can get to a place where there's not a, a a vast chasm to cross back to him, how much better if we realize at the outset when these temptations come, when these trials come, when all of these adversities, afflictions, troubles come to test our integrity and constancy, what if we become mature men and say, you know what? Right here, right now, I recognize it, and I see what? I see my Yeshua, my salvation. Let's move on. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are living the life of trust, of faith. Test yourselves. Don't you realize that Yeshua the Messiah is in you? unless you fail to pass the test. Friends, we are in a testing hour. This is a testing hour. If you've not experienced it, you're about to. I'm telling you. It doesn't take some major prophetic unction to know know that and to see that and to hear that. So let's do the first mention again. The first time that this word examine that we see in 2 Corinthians 13, 5 shows up when Yeshua was taken up by Hasatan in Matthew chapter 4 to be what? Tried and proved. So let's just think about this, okay? Shaul is talking to these Corinthian believers. Believers now, followers of Messiah, not people that are somehow lesser than us, These are people that have probably had a very similar journey. They're leaving idolatry. They're leaving pagan practices. They're they're adopting feasts and Sabbath, and they're, they're going to the synagogue, and they're studying, and they're learning, and they're changing, and they're growing as new creation believers in this this God man, Yeshua. So he's talking to these Corinthians, and he was saying to scrutinize themselves, test themselves to see if they were deemed worthy to be aligned with the name and cause of Messiah. I would suggest this. This is a good test for you. A good test for me. Filter your, this is a good gauge, we could say, to find out where you are right now today. If, in fact, you're in a trial and you are, you are examining right now and asking the question, which is my, my, my hope, am I failing or am I flourishing? Is my faith growing or is my faith waning and I'm retreating back? This, I think, is, will help us, would help all of us to be that gauge. I would suggest that the one who is constantly and consistently scrutinizing himself throughout normal everyday life, examining my ways, what I do, what I don't do, and why I don't, and why I do, this man is much better postured to welcome and rightly respond to the trials that the Father brings to test us. Let me say that again. I believe that a man who has a heart's posture 24-7, 365 days a year, of being scrutinizing himself, examining his ways, and then yielding to all the mess that Father wants to scrape off of our lives, which we're about to get to, That man is postured for trials. That man is postured to endure like Yeshua. Because what all this stuff that we know when Hasatan took him up and all these things, and let's just focus in on on the stones to bread offering. Yeshua was a man, fully God, fully man. He was hungry. He looked at those stones after he was told, you know, you can make those bread, and he probably saw saw some nice buttered rolls. (laughs) 
said, you know what? That's true. I could do that. I speak the word and I reach down and I have food. But guess what? I don't live according to that. I don't live according to this. I want to be like that. We can be like that. By constant scrutiny, by constant evaluation of our own life. Because again, this says examine yourselves, Corinthian believers, followers of the way. Examine your own ways. Test yourself. And I believe if we do that, if we are in that vein of thought 24-7, we are more rightly ready to receive all that the Father brings to test us and try us. Perhaps if we're caught off guard, wavering and failing in faith, when a major trial comes, perhaps now, perhaps, if you're in a trial right now and your faith is failing, maybe, I say this in humility, not judgment, maybe we've not been deliberately placing ourselves under constant scrutiny on our own, as Shaul suggested. Maybe we've not been examining ourselves enough because it comes as such a shock when, we're, when we are what? facing all kinds of trials, temptations, adversities, afflictions, and troubles. If we don't respond well, we need to just openly confess that that is in fact who I am and what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. And we cry out in repentance. We cry out for repentance. And then you know what? We shake off the dust and we move forward. We move forward as men of faith. The last line of the verse speaks of failing the test. This says is talking about test yourselves. And uh, he goes on to say, unless you fail to pass the test, it's defined as being found with a reprobate mind, depending on what versions you read. And if you track the words specifically, one's with a reprobate mind. One who possesses this mind is one who has been cast away and rejected. If you follow the word studies through that, this is a cast away one. He's been cast aside. He's not deemed worthy. Let's just be hard on ourselves. You know what? You're not worthy to carry the name of Yeshua Messiah, friend. Because you said at the outset, when you covenantally joined yourself with the Father through the Son, you said you would do these things. You would endure to the end and then thereby be saved. You would lose your life for his sake and then find it. All these things we know. So you failed the test. A reprobate mind. And Now this I found was very interesting. It was associated in the natural with counterfeit coins or false metals. In the Old Testament, it was used to speak of dross. Now, we've heard that a lot, if you're, if you're familiar with the Bible at all, dross. Dross is what, when, when you melt down something like silver, and the dross comes to the top, and you scrape it off, and you discard it. It's not useful. It's been deemed garbage. I mean, that may be too hard. I'm not trying to be hard. I'm just saying it has no it's not it's not making it through to the other side it doesn't have a purpose. We want the silver refined by fire and everything that comes to the surface in the process and the trial gets scraped off and discarded. We could look at the wheat and the tares. It's endless examples of that in the scripture. The dross needed removed in order for the valuable materials to become purified. Moving to an end here. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 4. Remove the dross impurities from the silver, and the smith 
thereby has material to make a vessel. What are we wanting to be? Vessels of honor. Men who look something like our Messiah. Hopefully more and more like him in our sanctification process and maturation. Looking more in the likeness of the Son. Friends, don't let yourself be cast away in the time of trial. Don't be be just riddled with dross. Allow it to come up and get scraped off and discarded. That's okay. That is our process to to remain in. Don't jump out of the fire and, and hate the fire and despise the fire because you don't like it, don't understand it, or just simply don't want it. These difficulties and tribulations are for our good. Allow your trial and testing to remove all of the dross of your life and welcome all kinds of trials and temptations. Lastly, I would say the issue of testing and proving is not about us. Okay, let's let's it's not ultimately about us. It it is about us in the in the steps of it, in the layers of it. Yes, of course. But ultimately, I would say the issue of testing and proving is not about us, but rather about whether or not we will continue to point to Messiah in the midst of our testing. Will we say, look to him, look to him, see me as an example? Yes and amen, I hope so. But it's all because it's about my awesome king. It's about his power, it's about his strength, his abilities, his gift of faith that I'm even given to be able to bear these burdens rightly and walk out in humility and in trust. So I challenge you today to take your eyes off of yourself and place them onto Yeshua. Our salvation. (laughs) How can we bring him glory in the trial? Because, friends, when people look at us in a circumstance that's just what we deem horrible, and we are counting it all joy, the world will absolutely take notice because the patterns of the world and the natural man do not do those things. They're incapable. We are circumstantial. We are bad things come, the world, humanity. Aside from Messiah, we get weighed down, burdened, depressed. We wish we were dead. That's the natural man response. But the spiritual man whose life is really hidden in Yeshua with Yahweh Elohim, which is in our coming series, that man is not going to be moved. That man will be found with flourishing faith. So, how can we bring him glory in our trials? How can we point to him and be examples of ones who actually count all of this mess down here as joy? So let our faith be found flourishing and not failing in this hour and in the days to come. You've been watching the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way with everything we know how to. We thank you for watching, for being a part of it, for communicating with us, for giving us the time to even listen to this. I pray that it's more than just words, but that the word of God actually bubbles up life within you and you say, you know what? I'm going to be a man of faith. I'm going to be a woman of faith. It's okay for us to be found failing if, in fact, when the light comes on and Holy Spirit empowers us to see clearly, we turn. 
We test you va, and we run to the Father, which is the next series I wish I could do right this second. We run to him and count it all joy in the midst of the trials, the tribulations, and the testing that is right here, right now on this earth for you and for me. Thank you for watching. Amen.